Okay, we'll start with this. Um, ComBank uh, brought out an analysis of data from 2020 to the 21 financial year. Um, so mm-hmm. that's tracking t- June of last year to June of this year. Is, is that right? Um, July of last year to June of this year. Yeah, so that's the financial year. Okay, so um, yeah. that data yeah. showed that customers that were using buy now, pay later products were 1.5 to two times more likely to be in arrears and to overdraw their account. So there's a few more stats I'll hit you with and then we'll sort of chat about it. Buy now, pay later companies have sort of become really big recently over over the pandemic, especially. ComBank compared people that had it to people that didn't use it. Mm 7.2% of customers had overdrawn their transaction accounts compared to 3.9% of people that didn't use those services. So they were just noting that Mm -hmm. there was a gap where people who use those products were more likely to be in financial hardship than ones that didn't. Um, I just wondered what your thoughts were of the stats and like whether this is a surprising thing to you or whether uh, whether this is sort of um, half of the course of sort of what we see too. Look, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. From what I've heard, um, when you apply for Zipper Afterpay, they don't necessarily do a credit check on you. Yeah. But I, I'm not sure whether that's right. That's just what I've heard. So yeah. if that's the case it's probably going to have a lot of people who you know, may not have been able to get a credit card or a personal loan or that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, with buy now, pay later, the customer doesn't pay, um, the, mer- you know, the seller pays a fee, and where they make their money is if you don't make your repayments on time. So, yeah. um, look, I'm, I'm not a big fan of buy now, pay later. I just think when people have a lot of buy now, pay later, there, it sort of shows less of a propensity to do without, which is what you need to do when you're applying for a loan or when you're yeah. you know, saving for a house or that sort of thing. Yeah, like most credit, if it's used properly, it's not too bad. But I just think when, yeah, my experience is when we see customers who have a car loan, a personal loan, buy, um, after pay, zip pay, hum loans. And all this sort of stuff, it just shows that they can't. It's characteristics live their rather than anything else. It's a behaviour. It? Yeah, it's yeah. a behaviour, and it it sort of shows that they can't live within their means. So yeah, or points to behaviour that might mean they can't live within their means. So look, you know, I suppose the stats aren't really that surprising. It's interesting that ComBank are doing this and then launching their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like pay later, but I, yeah, but I yeah. think that's mainly due. I think that's mainly due to the fact that so many people do it um, that they're sort of thinking, yeah, um, and we talked about how Afterpay and Westpac are talking about maybe doing um, you know, loans, home loans or mortgages and that sort of stuff for Afterpay customers. Yeah. So it's probably yeah. not that surprising. But, yeah, just I, I just It's think, funny you know, what you're saying. Like you sort of talk about this with other stuff too, Dave, of like, thinking just be um, uh, aware of who's releasing the stats and what's in their interest to say mm-hmm. so like you know if a if a lobbying group for property developers says like oh we need more housing like maybe we do but you're a property developer so what else are you going to say yeah maybe with yeah. this like talking about- the cba saying yeah. oh you know people that use afterpay have bad habits but we've got our own version but we like make sure that you'll be able to repay it so it's like 
you're making an ad for your own service anyway? Yeah. Oh, that's what, that's yeah. what a lot of it is. Like they're saying that they've had 95,000 people on their step pay and that, you know, like no late fees have been applied to any customer account. So, yeah, maybe the, maybe they do check people better or maybe they do manage it better or yeah. maybe they're waiving fees. Who knows? But, um, yeah, yeah I, I just think it's one of those things that you've really got to have a look at if you can't afford something now, do you really, you know, should you be buying it and do you really need it? Yeah. There's another one I had that I thought was interesting and maybe we can discuss if this is something that we're tr- the media is trying to create as like a new buzzword or whether it's something that like people have done since there's been money basically. So um, this thing called sidestepping, it's pushing everyday purchases down the list to prioritize more exciting ones. So um, ComBank also released some analysis using their step from their step pay product, the, their buy now pay mm-hmm. later showed 88% of millennials are foregoing everyday goods and services to make larger purchases of up to 10 grand. So 42% of the men involved in the analysis were, were sidesteppers, let's call them. 35% yeah. were women. Um, 35% of women that were, that were involved. Uh, they're going to sidestep buying shoes or household items or cri- f- uh, fixing phones and things like that. They'll put those yep. off to make purchases like concert tickets, furniture, clothing and shoes, socializing and going out. And they sort of said that 30 to 35 year olds are more likely to do this than the younger counterpart of like 25 to 29. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit wordy. There was a lot in that, but what were your thoughts? Like, do you think that's something that's new that people maybe are doing more of, or do you think people have always done this where they've put off things that like, Hey, you should probably buy this for your everyday living, but you want some material thing, you want some shoes, whatever it is, like I do it too. So, you know, yeah, you look, put something I'm, off. It's, it's, look, it's hard to know because I'm not in that age group. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, where they say, um, yeah, 88% are foregoing everyday goods yeah, to make larger purchases. It's about priorities, really. Yeah, if people if people have the priority of um, yeah buying something that's a larger purchase, well, you know they'll prioritise that over smaller ones. Mm. Um, I, I wasn't. I did read this article, and I wasn't really sure what they were trying to say. It's mm. almost like saying that yeah, fifty fifty percent of people who smoke are going to get cancer or something like. I just, I just don't, I just don't sort of understand what they're getting at. Like whether they're trying to make the case that millennials spend too much money and don't save. I don't, yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, yeah, don't know. Not sure. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I wonder. Like it's probably more trying to come. I, I, I was taking it as a comment on like behavior again of like what you're, yeah, uh, what you're spending your money on, like what your habits are by looking at your bank statements. I'm guessing is what they're doing. So. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Not so sure. I got one more. I have one more for you, and it's a similar thing. Of, um, I, I think last week or the week before, we were talking about the FBAA survey that came out, which was basically showing yep. that a lot of people surveyed uh, didn't know their interest rate currently on their loan, or they know that if it rises to you know a one percent rise in interest rates, that that is probably going to put them in financial hardship in some form. And there was a varying range of on a spectrum of like low range, you know, mortgage stress to high range. And there, it was varied, obviously. But um, commenting on that, 
there was a Lendy group research done that basically mirrored a similar thing that up to 30% of the people that had mortgages through Lendy didn't know what their current interest rate was. So they're obviously on a variable rate where it could change month to month. I wondered if you yeah. could explain to anyone listening, like why it's like, what's a good pattern? Like, is there something obviously not like a recommendation, but like, how often would you check that sort of thing? Like how often do you want to keep in touch of where your interest rates at, if it is changing and why is it important yeah. to stay up to date with it, but not obsess over it either? Yeah. Like I think we saw one of, there was an article a couple of months back on a similar thing about the number of people who didn't know what their interest rate was. And I think people just sort of, you know, one of the things is a lot of people in Pre, say 10, 15 years ago, every six months, the banks would, would post you a loan statement and on that would be your interest rate. And, you know, so if you read the statement, you'd know what the interest rate was. Now most statements are online and I know when we get statements from a lot of clients, the interest rate's not on it. So it is, it's almost like the banks don't want you to see what your interest rate is. Because, you know, if you're on 2.8% and then you're sitting down watching the telly or listening to radio or see on Facebook that someone's offering a cheaper rate, you might go, well, I'm paying too high a rate. So I think I think the, the banks are, I don't know whether they're being sneaky or not, but it just seems harder to find out your interest rate. Quite often, as I said, we get people's loan statements and then have to get them to ring their bank to find because they don't know what interest rate they're on. So, yeah, I think... Yeah, so it would be, it may not just be variable rates, it could be fixed rates as well because people just don't know what rate they're on. For so, some reason, yeah, the- for, sorry, real quick, for some reason I just imagined, especially in school at least, you you get your phone bill and it says how much like Wi-Fi you use and it tells you the data metric of how they charge it and things. I just assumed you got that for loans before, like before I got into yeah, this, no, I just you- assumed you'd get one that tells you the rate as well as how much you've got left, all that stuff. Yeah. So you, you would, you normally get a statement. So, and it would, it'd say what your, you know, the statement date, the interest, um, the, the, you know, the opening and closing balance, the, yeah. the payments you've made and the interest you were charged, but it doesn't necessarily tell you the interest rate. So yeah. that's that's the issue. So for some people, you know, they get a loan and it's set and forget. They just don't really care. They might have got a really good deal to start off with and yeah. then just think, look, just, yeah, it's not visible to them and they don't hunt it down. Hunt it down. So if you're with a broker, though, most, you know, the broker would normally know what your interest rate is and can make sure that your, um, that you're getting the best deal either from the yeah, lender okay. you're with or another one. But um, yeah, it's just something I think, you know, like a lot of, like a lot of products, people just sort of get comfortable with them and then, um, and yeah, just don't keep on top of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, there were a couple of things you wanted to cover before we got out of here. Yeah, cool. So yeah. just things like fixed rates are just trending up. There's the big four banks have all increased their fixed rates some of them have increased them three times in the last six months. So they're obviously factoring in that in the next two or three years, that interest rates are going to rise, which sort of everyone's predicting. So just sort of keep an eye on that. If P, if you're in a, if you're in a fixed rate loan, um, if you're, yeah, when you come off that, your repayments are very likely to be increased. Um, 
because when you come off a lower fixed rate loan, you go to a variable rate. Um, yeah, you can refix, but if you're going to, yeah, we've had some clients that fixed for four years at 1.89%. The four-year fixed rate with a lot of lenders now is over 3%. So your your repayments might go up one percent. So if you've got a five hundred grand loan, that means your repayments will go up five grand, which is a hundred bucks a week. So you need to be building buffers, um, you know, which we talk to our clients all the time. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, in some stats this week from the Mortgage Finance Association that brokers now write two thirds of all loans. So that that percentage. It was 57%, I think, about six months ago. Now it's you know, 67%. So a lot more people are using brokers. One, because it's just you get choice, you get convenience, you get an expert on your side. Um, yeah, you got best interest duty is a big thing. You know, brokers are uh, legally obligated to act in the best interests of, um, of clients. So um, that, that's a good thing. Um, some... I was listening to a podcast and um, Simon Presley, one of your guests from the other, from the 24 year old, um, you know, what advice I give my 24 year old <laughs> self. And he was, he was talking about um, a lot of people think because population growth is the main driver of property rises. And he was talking about how the, um, you know, some of the, some of the places around the country where, population hadn't gone up that much, but property prices had gone up quite a lot. So when you're looking at um, where you might want to invest, don't just look, you know, a lot of people at the moment are just investing in Queensland because that's where a lot of a lot of people are moving to. And yeah. it's not necessarily, you know, the best, yeah, it's not the only thing that drives um, uh, property price growth. So that's, um, that was quite interesting. Um, another one we listened to during the week, there was a chat called Andrew Wilson, who's a um, who's like a property economist, and he was talking about the Reserve Bank increasing interest rates and said that during the last quarter, um, when interest when inflation got to between the target band of two to three percent, a lot of that was driven by um, increases in property prices and increases in fuel costs. So he's sort of saying that he thinks that the Reserve Bank will wait until they've had two to three quarters of growth of inflation within that two to three percent range um, and um, you know, before they'll sort of move on interest rates. So, yeah, generally Plus the, the employment of- part of that too with, the, the I think, like three to five may have been three to five percent employment, but the they had a range target for employment where they want that to be and wage growth and stuff. And if those are yeah, all yeah. sustained for two th- two to three quarters, so nearly a year, basically three quarters of a year, they want to see that. So uh, we mm. might have a bit of a way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with um, yeah, with that one, it's sort of yeah, a lot of people are just sort of jumping in, fear of missing out, and all that sort of stuff. And you know, just just about you know, doing your research on what might happen, and you yeah. know, if you are getting a loan, making sure that you've got a buffer in place so you're not um, you're not um, you know, overstretching yourself. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. That, anything- that's all. That's all. Oh, that the, other, all? the other interesting one about 
The other interesting one about that population growth is um, Simon from Propertyology was saying that we've had the biggest property boom in quite a long time in the last year at a time when Australia's population has reduced. Right. Because we've had a lot of people leave the country, a lot of the backpackers, a lot of the um, in and, you know, people from overseas have gone back home. Um, and, yeah, the while the population's gone down, um, the um, yeah, property prices have boomed. So it's just not it's just not about um, the number of people moving to a place. It's you know there's a lot more there's a lot more to it. There's you know infrastructure where jobs are going to, you know, stimulus in the economy, interest yeah. rates, um, bank yeah, accessibility to credit and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if anybody wanted to get in touch with us, we got the website, moneysaverhomeloans.com.au. On Facebook, you can just search Money Saver Home Loans and we should pop up. And I've put the all our social media stuff. If you want to follow any of that, that'll be in the description of the, the podcast. And um, yeah, the website's got a bunch of good calculators on it too, if you want to have a look on that. Um, budget calculators, serviceability calculators, borrowing capacity, things like that. Feel free to check that out. It's all free on the website. So um, is that it? You have that, David? That's an that's a, a interesting thing that you mentioned um, just about uh, borrowing capacity and that sort of stuff. There was an article right. that was in the um, – it came around on Facebook um, during the week about a couple that had lost a deposit because they put an offering in on a property – based on um, going onto an online calculator and putting in their own numbers. Um, online calculators are very good. They'll give you a rough idea, but they are not a pre-approval. They, they are just, you know, by, because someone at the bank needs to look through your info. And I mm. think in this case, in this case, um, they were relying on um, getting a specific loan value ratio due to one of the industries that one of the borrowers was in, but when it went to the bank, that was not available to them and they ended up losing a lot of money. So just be careful with online calculators. They are just a guide. Yeah. and um, It's not the same yeah, as actually if, getting approved. Yeah, get approved. You need to get yeah. approved. And we have talked in the past about the different types of approvals banks give. There's... Um, there's an actual assessed pre-approval. That's where someone at the bank has looked at your credit report. They've looked at your um, looked at your pay slips. They've looked at your you know, the the different liabilities you've got and expenses and all that sort of stuff. And they've ticked you off. Whereas yeah. um, a lot of banks just do a computer approval, which means the computer says yes. But when it comes to you've you know, purchased a place that's when a human looks at it and starts asking questions. So yeah. um, we, yeah, always okay. rec we always recommend, yeah, so just be careful with those. Okay. Yeah, easy. Well, we'll get it out of here on that one then. Happy with that?